hello, hello. This is Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. I'm your host, Heidi, here to thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't done it yet, please go to your podcast place wherever you're listening right now and give this show a rating and review to help me reach more language-loving listeners. It would be so greatly appreciated. Now, we're in Season 3 of Love, Joy, and Languages, and there's one type of episode that I really enjoy doing each season, which is my Good Advice Gone Wrong segment. And this is where I take good language learning advice and explain how it could go wrong. And I speak from experience here, y'all. When I started learning Italian, my first foreign language, at age 33, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was desperate for someone to give me that magic key to fluency. And there is no shortage of advice, tips, tricks, hacks, and recommendations for how to learn a language. And I think I tried basically all of them, some with decent success and some with absolutely none. But I placed so much value on each piece of advice, and I really tried to give each one a solid go. But when something didn't work for me or when I got bored or burned out, I felt like a failure and like I just wasn't the kind of person who could learn a language. Over time, I finally realized that there is nothing wrong with me as a language learner. There just isn't one single best way to learn a language, and advice that is good for some won't be good for others. Moreover, even good advice isn't consistently good for the same people at various levels, which is something I'm easily learning as my Italian continues to progress forward. So I'm here today with the third round of Good Advice Gone Wrong, and I'll link the previous two in the show notes in case you missed those the first two seasons of the show. Now, I really believe that all language learning advice is good, but I think it's important to share the stories and perspectives when advice doesn't work, to normalize the reality that some language learning advice just won't be good for you, and that's okay. When I was trying to take all the advice and do all the methods, not only did I constantly feel like there was something wrong with me as a language learner, but I also wasted a lot of time devoting myself to methods that just weren't for me. And I don't want you all to do the same, trying to force something that may not be for you, or feeling crappy for not trying something out that so many others swear by. And so, for today's episode of Good Advice Gone Wrong... I'm going to be talking about, dun dun dun, moving abroad to a country where your language is spoken. Let's dig in. So, moving to a country where your language is spoken isn't language advice that I took, per se, because my story was the opposite. I didn't move to the country to learn my target language. I started learning the language because I moved to the country. But my experience is a great place to start for how this language advice that I hear or see people giving every single day in online language learning communities can go wrong. I've said many times before that I always wanted to learn a second language. I just didn't know how, didn't believe I could do it, thought I was too old, all the usual things people believe when high school foreign language doesn't pan out. So when my family and I learned we would be moving to Italy for my husband's job, I thought this would be it. Moving to the country was obviously going to be my golden ticket to learning a language because immersion. I would be around the language so much, hearing it for hours every day, that my brain would have no choice but to pick it up. And as I've mentioned in episodes past, I figured I would be fluent in Italian in one year because 
immersion. But this didn't happen for me. Despite the desire, motivation, instances of need on a fairly regular basis, and me taking classes and studying the language, immersion did not make me fluent in a year, or two years, or even three. Fast forward four years, I knew so much more about learning languages, I had identified my own strengths and weaknesses, my Italian was improving, and we moved to Germany. This time, I didn't have any expectations about how long it would take me to learn German to a decent level. And after two years of living here, I've identified different challenges to the language that I didn't face in Italy. Additional reasons why moving to a country where your new language is spoken could go wrong and not provide the desired results that are often proclaimed by other language learners. So two countries, two languages, two very different experiences, each of which has given me a very different perspective on moving abroad for language learning than I hear many people talking about. So when it comes to this advice, let's start by talking about why it can be good. Obviously, the main reason is immersion. Being surrounded by the language, both spoken and written, gives our brain so much context and natural repetition that it's easy to learn certain things. Who needs vocabulary lists of food items when you have a grocery store full of signage and labels, for example? Listening passively to the local language as you just go about your daily business is great for learning with a busy schedule. You get a feel for the cadence of the language. You hear what words are commonly used as fillers or transition words. You pick up on colloquialisms, get used to certain accents. And oftentimes, when put in situations where one needs to use the language, such as being in the country and interacting with people who don't speak our languages, we're forced to use what we know. We can work through mistakes and insecurities faster. And of course, the entire immersion experience can be made even better with all the connections we make while in the country. From friends and neighbors to food and architecture, the ways of life and societal ambiance, there are so many personal connections we can make that increase our motivation and passion for a language. Moving abroad to a country where your target language is spoken can be excellent advice. There are so many benefits to being naturally immersed in a language and its surrounding culture. But it isn't fail-proof. It doesn't come without struggles. And it definitely isn't a magic key that guarantees success. Despite all the benefits of immersing yourself in a country of your target language, this good advice can still go wrong. Here are my thoughts. And this isn't a complete list. There may be many other reasons why this hasn't worked for others or hasn't met their expectations, but these are my main observations based on my experience. The first way in which this good advice could go wrong is culture shock. That feeling of disorientation we experience when we travel to a new place with customs, smells, foods, traditions, ways of life, or even attitudes that we aren't used to. Now, I think it's safe to say that we all know culture shock exists. And as people who want to learn a new language and would be happy to really experience the culture and food and communicate with people around us in the countries of our languages, culture shock may not be as intense because we expect it. We may be more emotionally prepared for it. But in my experience, we never quite know how culture shock will affect us until we experience it. And those experiences can have a profound impact on how we connect with the language, on our motivation for it, on our openness to it, especially once we internally and emotionally connect those experiences to the language. 
I was excited to move to Germany, for example, ready to dive into and speak the language, a language I find to be beautiful and absolutely fascinating. I was ready to make mistakes and learn from them, making this a much better language immersion experience than my first years in Italy trying to figure out what I was doing. I traveled to Germany numerous times, and I was aware of social and cultural stereotypes and open to accepting that things may be different here than what I was used to in Italy. I've had very good experiences here, and I do get to locally practice the language, some. But culturally, it's been really difficult to make friends, or even like small talk acquaintances. Everyone around us is incredibly nice, very friendly. I feel safe and comfortable here. But just chit-chatting with other moms at my kids' school in the mornings, or with neighbors while we're outside at the same time, that sort of thing has been a hard nut to crack. And it's something I didn't experience in Italy, so I wasn't really prepared for it or for how it would affect my language acquisition. And I don't make friends easily in my native language. I'm an introvert, very selective of who gets into my inner social circle, and don't like feeling like I'm bothering someone else trying to chat them up, you know? So my personality mixed with a local culture that's similarly selective in friendships and not really into idle small talk makes it very difficult for me to jump in and practice speaking German, despite the fact that everyone around me speaks it natively or advanced. This is a culture shock that I wasn't prepared for and that has had a significant impact on my relationship with German and motivation for learning it. And because I wasn't prepared for it, it's taken me a long time to work through the feelings associated with it, find other motivation for continuing to learn the language, and discover ways to overcome the lack of immersion that happens in a quieter culture. And one consequence is that my German acquisition has been incredibly slow. Without an intensive language school or university experience where I have to be deeply immersed in learning and practicing the language every day, in my case, simply moving to the country and even using the language as much as possible hasn't been enough. The shock of not quickly making friends or even chit-chatting with acquaintances has been an experience that has greatly impacted my language acquisition while living in the country. So the negative side effects of culture shock demonstrate the first way in which moving abroad to learn a language is good advice that can go wrong. The second way this advice can go wrong, which sort of stems from the first, is that moving abroad doesn't guarantee being immersed in the language, at least not to the level that would benefit us most. Aside from making friends, it is very possible, especially if you move to a bigger city, to find yourself immersed in English, for example, instead of the language of the country. It can be easy to find yourself immersed in your own native language as you find community with other immigrants or expats from your country. Where I live, a large majority of people speak English to a high level, and even if I continue in German, it's not uncommon for the other person to switch to English in basic, everyday business affairs. Even finding German music on the radio is difficult because they play almost exclusively songs in English, and even sometimes the DJs speak English on the radio. Many signs and labels are either in English or have English words and phrases as part of them. And then, of course, there's our own personal connections with people. In the beginning, when our language skills are basic, we do tend to gravitate toward others who are accessible without a language barrier. When we moved to Italy, the first people I befriended were those who spoke English because there were fewer barriers to communication. And naturally, it's been the same in Germany. 
There's definitely nothing wrong with this, but the language problem arises when we don't realize our social bubble contains only or mostly those who speak our native or other advanced language. Or we don't do anything about it. Maybe we just don't know how to do anything about it. Loneliness abroad is real, and it's so difficult. So when we do connect with people, it's very easy and even natural to then stop seeking out other friendships. Our need to connect is fulfilled. But when it comes to learning, practicing, and acquiring the community language, it's much harder to do if we remain in this expat bubble, as it's called. But I don't really like that term because expat is way too narrow. I would say native language bubble or language comfort bubble. But if we don't realize that we're building this social network of people who speak our language or we get so comfortable in that network that it becomes increasingly difficult to expand it to the community language, then moving abroad to learn your target language can go wrong. I'll use English as an example here because it's my experience, and I suspect most of you speak English to a high level, but it is absolutely possible to live abroad with English-speaking landlords, English-speaking neighbors, English-based work, and connect early with English speakers, creating a network of English-speaking friends, and in some places, even having access to the English language at restaurants, checkout counters, when making appointments, at the doctor, or even when listening to the local radio. In short, moving to a country of your target language doesn't guarantee being deeply immersed in that language. An immersion experience abroad is something you may have to intentionally curate while abroad. A third way in which moving to a country of your target language can go wrong for learning that language is that we are still us in that country. The things about our personalities or routines or just ways of doing things come with us to another country. The things that block us from our new languages at home can continue to block us from our new languages when we move abroad. So what exactly do I mean by this? You all know me by now. Perfectionist, resource hoarder, one who tends to procrastinate and avoid things that make me feel vulnerable, like speaking a new language, for example. And these things were true about me before I moved to Italy. They were still true for me in Italy. And they're still true for me today in Germany. Moving to the countries of my new languages hasn't been enough for me to overcome these obstacles to learning. So this can make an immersion abroad experience go wrong by not addressing those things. If we approach moving abroad as a magic key, like I once did, as the one thing that will put this new language into our brains, but we fail to address the other internal things that may be standing in our way, then we're just moving our personal obstacles from home to the new country. We're packing them in our carry-on bags and bringing them right along. Let's take perfectionism as an example. It's the easiest one for me to talk about. How does perfectionism affect my language learning? Well, I do things like rely on Google Translate when I can't find a word in a conversation. I shy away from speaking unless I'm confident that I can express myself in a seemingly intellectual way. And I have a tendency to avoid things that make me feel vulnerable, even at the same time I want to do those things. Without addressing this side of me, language learning while in Italy was immensely difficult, as I've spoken about before. But my perfectionism was so strong when trying to learn Italian in Italy and showed up in the most negative ways that I almost gave up time and time again. 
moving to Germany has been a completely different experience because I accepted this perfectionist side of me, identified how it shows up in my language learning, and constantly work to manage those things by staying mindful, recognizing when I'm avoiding, consciously working with what I know, and using Google Translate only as a last resort, and purposefully seeking out speaking opportunities. Without addressing this thing that's very personal to me, and without identifying how it affects the way in which I approach a language, I can't truly reap the benefits of moving to a country where my language is spoken. Without trying to understand ourselves and how we function, how we learn, and how we interact with others or with a language, moving to a country of our target language can definitely go wrong and not be as beneficial to our language journey as others claim it is. I would extend this to all language journeys as well, no matter one's location or method of learning. If we don't know and try to understand ourselves and how we function, how we learn, and how we interact with others or with language, then we leave obstacles in our own paths. And to be more precise, we are those obstacles. We stand in our own way. So those are my top three ways. All things that I've experienced, top three ways in which the good advice of moving to a country where your target language is spoken can go wrong. Now, there are two more points I want to make about moving abroad to learn a language. First, if you're someone looking to move abroad or someone currently there, but it just doesn't seem to be working for you in the way so many others claim it can, what can you do to work with this good advice so it doesn't go wrong? And second, I want to speak to those who want to move abroad, who believe it's exactly what's missing from their language life, but who perhaps can't or can't yet. So first, for those of you who plan to or are currently living abroad and want to maximize the language benefits of this advice, I think the most valuable thing you can do is to identify those intricate details of yourself, of who you are, and be honest about what that means for your language abroad experience. Are you an introvert and make friends very selectively? How can you work with that to build a social network of people who speak the local language? Are you a perfectionist? Do you beat yourself up when someone else doesn't understand you or you don't understand them? What can you do? What resources do you have or can you build for addressing these things in the moment when the negative emotions are triggered? Because they will be. Do you avoid things you actually want to do? Do you avoid speaking until you're really good at it? Do you jump to a translation app before trying to say something on your own? Explore this. Come up with a plan or a toolkit of things that can help you work through them, both in the moment and also on the side. Think and journal about all the things about your personality that show up in your language learning. And be honest with yourself if there are obstacles you've already identified and start or continue learning how to work with them. In addition to really getting to know yourself and realizing how you show up in your own language life, getting creative about how to build your social network can also be really useful. I still haven't found my thing in Germany, to be honest, but joining any local clubs, volunteering within your community, frequenting the same cafe or bakery as often as possible to start seeing familiar faces, check out your local library for reading clubs or group activities, Anything you enjoy doing, whether it's chess, knitting, playing an instrument, hiking, yoga, look for local groups meeting up to do these things and consider trying it out. I know that this is really, really difficult to do for people who also work full-time, have families, especially small children, or who are introverted or shy or would never do this sort of thing in your native language. 
but maybe this idea will spark a thought of your own or help you get creative for seeking out acquaintances in your local community abroad. And last, to address culture shock. Again, I think we never quite know how we'll be affected by culture shock, even when we expect it and accept it as part of our experience, even if we know a lot about the culture or have visited a place several times, we never really know what's going to get us. So expect it, read as much as you can, learn as much as you can, talk to other immigrants and expats as much as you can, because while we'll never be fully prepared, being somewhat prepared can help. And also, just go easy on yourself. There are difficult days abroad, and sometimes those days turn into months or even years. And many times they can have a profound impact on how or how much we engage in the local language. It's okay. It's not you. You can take a break, even if you need to learn the language for visa or work purposes. You're allowed to take care of your mental health and return to the language with fresh eyes and maybe even new motivation. The last thing I want to say about this good language learning advice, moving to a country where your new language is spoken, is this. And I really want to talk specifically to those who want to move abroad but can't, especially those who feel like they're missing out by not being able to move abroad. I see you. I do. I deeply understand the frustration and agony that can come from not being able to move or even travel abroad. But when it comes to languages, there is so much we can do at home or wherever we live to create an immersive environment, and you don't even have to spend a lot of money to get it. Of course, this depends on the language. I know resources are scarce in many languages. But when possible, at-home immersion, I'll call it, is incredibly valuable. Naturally, you can watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, listen to music, or often watch TV via Netflix or Disney Plus in your target language. Find websites for reading the news in your new language. There are even YouTube videos of people going through supermarkets in various countries. Search for one you'd be interested in seeing and pause to read the signs or labels. Restaurants have menus online these days. Go to Google Maps, look up a random town in your target language country, find a restaurant, and see if there's an online menu. Read it as if you were sitting there yourself trying to decide what to eat. Translate what you need to. And another day, find another restaurant. See if you understand just a little bit more. If you have a language partner, you can make videos for each other in your local communities. Show each other the street signs, the store signs, and advertisements. Anything with writing on it that you can watch as often as you want to internalize the words and connect them to what you're seeing. Newspapers and magazines in other languages can easily be found on the web. Search for Wikipedia in your target language and read up on something that interests you. Get some sticky notes and label things all over your house. Describe them, write their name, color, position, anything to include as much vocabulary and grammar as you can. Then, as you naturally move about your house, you'll see them, read them, just as if you were walking through an Ikea in your country of choice. There is no shortage of ideas for how to create an immersive environment at home. It may not be as glamorous or enticing or satisfying as moving abroad, but it can be nearly as effective, if not as effective. Living abroad is something I wish everyone had the means and opportunity to do. Expanding our horizons, worldviews, mentalities, and experiencing and appreciating other cultures are invaluable. But when it comes to learning a language in a country where it's spoken, it isn't always rainbows and butterflies. There are still challenges. It can still be a long and difficult road. 
and living abroad isn't a guarantee that one will learn the local language. Things like culture shock, native language bubbles, and our own personal roadblocks are just three things that can cause this good advice to go wrong. So it's important not to restrict ourselves to taking advice exactly as is and putting too much stock into one single method being the magic trick to acquiring and speaking the language of your desires. Get creative. Get to know yourself. Design your own immersive language environment at home. And branch out where you can. Reach out for the culture and community and find ways to interact with it, whether you're abroad or not. In the end, just because language learning advice is good doesn't mean it'll be good for you, good for your level, or good for your life situation. I can't stress this enough. Build your toolbox, your routine, your methods that you love and that work for you, and be confident that you're doing it. You've got this. You're working with what works for you. You're working with what you have, and it is working. So with that, I wish you a wonderful week of crafting your own unique language journey. And until next time, ciao.